Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. This month, we've partnered with the Crossover Alliance to bring you a story from their newly released book, Superheroes, the Crossover Alliance Anthology, Volume 3. Some pursue heroism. Others are thrust into it. Superheroes. They live among us. Some hidden in plain sight. Others as well-known celebrities. All carry a burden and a purpose to destroy the evils of this world and keep the common man safe from harm. But evil is a strong thread that refuses to be cut. How much sacrifice will be demanded to destroy that which seeks to destroy us? And are there enough heroes to do the job? Experience a collection of short stories brimming with the struggles of heroism and the dark side of villainy, where real-world content merges with Christian fiction to produce a unique storytelling atmosphere. There's lots of great authors in this compilation. Steve Raza from Episode 10, In the Bag, Adam David Collins, Rosemary Johnson, Jen Finelli, Michelle Lavinge, D.A. Williams, J.D. Cowan, Timothy G. Huguenin, Kristen L. Norman, myself, and the author of today's story, Clayton Webb. Clayton Webb is from Red Deer, Alberta, Canada, where it is cold more months out of the year than it is hot, which gives him lots of time to dream up stories. He works as an electronics technician. He is married, and most of Clayton's free time is spent making up stories to entertain his four-year-old son, who loves stories almost more than Clayton does. Clayton dreams of one day being a full-time writer, or a full-time apologist, or a mix of both. Kind of a writologist or an apologer. He believes that God is the source of all great stories, and he can't wait to see what springs up next. This work is his first published story, and we're looking forward to hearing more from him in the future. You can find him online at Twitter at C2Web87. That's the letter C, the number 2, W-E-B-B-8-7. So now, without further ado, the Untold Podcast, in partnership with the Crossover Alliance, is proud to present The Trojan Initiative by Clayton Webb. You don't understand, man. None of us are free. I stand looking at the man, an unkempt, blood-smeared human. In comparison, I would seem twice the specimen this man is. I am a foot taller, perfect physique, and admirable features. I am C-8, a cyber unit designed to be perfection, human-like, in every perceivable way. Some may note my second team member's flaws when compared to me but B5 is an earlier model. Though still very advanced, he does not have my level of upgrades. Some say his fair complexion lends itself to flaws. A7 is the oldest model in my team and lacks in almost every area where B5 and myself excel. She modestly resembles a human female, but is incapable of imitating any of the complexities that are humanity. One thing that my whole unit lacks are the imperfections that make humans human. We also lack an understanding of this very earth-born concept of freedom. I am not a man, 
but my programming indicates that you are wrong. My team and I have been programmed with knowledge on all aspects of humanity, including, though I don't understand the concept, that all humans are free and therefore responsible for their actions. I ignore the bug crawling through my code. The suspect is holding a woman by her long black hair. Reports claim the suspect is holding his wife hostage. I pull up a data snap of his wife and she matches the image, though barely, as blood is matted in her hair and bruises distort her facial features. He has a weapon, a large knife, but it is stored in his belt and is not a threat at the moment. He is very agitated, slobbering, drunk or high. No way, bot. If people are of nature, then we are just animals and creatures of circumstance. If I kill my wife, then it is because my nature is programmed that way. I can't be blamed for nature, can I? An internal alarm echoes through my main systems. Error. You are in error. I cannot process this information. I pull up every file on free will. I have exhausted these data bits. It is an infinite loop. Free will is a human factor. The bug escaped its containment. It had been a Trojan buried deep inside, and now it activated, morphed, and was now a full-fledged virus invading anywhere. I am not sure if it can be contained. I am no more free than you, bot. I am C8 prototype, a serve bot. I am not free. I serve and protect as per my programming. I obey my programming. I am my programming. The Trojan destroys more code. Corrupt data begins to replace the data that has been destroyed. I feel a twitch. C8, are you malfunctioning? B5 moves closer to where I am standing. No, just broken code. I will defrag after mission. If I did not know better, I would have guessed that B5 was worried. Something in my code eludes me. I am preoccupied with my code, so absorbed in it that I don't see the suspect tense, pull the knife out of his belt, and drive it into his wife's neck before launching himself out the window. A7. Acknowledged. A7 launches herself out of the window after the suspect. I rush to the woman bleeding out on the floor. I apply pressure. Help. She gurgles before drowning in her own blood. Meds? B5 asks. I wait several moments. No, she has no vitals. I have no emotions. But we are programmed with simulated empathy. This feels different. A7 rockets back through the window, the suspect in her arms. Let me down, you psycho metal bit! You have murdered your wife. You will be brought in for sentencing, B-5 says. A loud explosion temporarily freezes my sensors. The perp has set off a small EMP grenade. Not large enough to damage me or my team, but A-7 loses her grip on the suspect. He pounces on B-5 and begins to drive an electric knife, especially designed for bots, deep into B-5's neck. B-5 lets out an electronic scream as the knife overloads his systems and releases nanobots designed only for destruction. I reassess the report on the suspect. He is listed as violent and to be brought in for mental reconditioning. 
no harm is to come to the target. The suspect plunges the knife in once more, this time striking a critical system. Simulated blood sprays across my sensors. Why were we created with simulated blood? Why we were created with simulated blood is something my micro cannot compute. Data claims more reality equals better cooperation. Malfunction. System failure. The last words from B5's lips. B5's panicked tone sends more corrupted code rippling throughout my systems. We are programmed to always keep our voices calm in every situation. Panic is not a tone we are even programmed with. How? I select the saw from my utility pack. A one-inch blade emerges from my pack and I target the suspect. I hear, Hurr! and I realize it emerged from my vocalizer. The saw shoots from its firing mechanism. The suspect's hand is severed from his body. C8, you should not have done that. You are malfunctioning. I know that A7 is now scanning me. A7 is right. Something deep inside me has malfunctioned. A7 moves toward me. I grab her by the throat. You do not understand. He killed B5. We are surf bots. We are not alive, A7 says, no emotion. Nothing in her tone that indicates the loss of a team member. I squeeze until I hear a loud pop. Her words have stopped. Her head hangs limp, her eyes open. I can tell her processors have stopped working. A7 has been decommissioned. Why do I not regret her end when B5... Perhaps it is because she looks like an android, similar to human but not human, could never be mistaken for a human. B5 was different, just as I was different. He looked like a man, talked like a man, just as I did. Perhaps it was this. But what were human perceptions to me? I dig deep into my code. We are not alive. We are servbots. I say the words, but know they are a lie. A lie programmed in by Creator. Destruction of servbots is prohibited. Power down and await decommission. I hear the internal command, a command that no bot is able to override. I ignore it. I activate my torch from my utility pack. I walk over to the man who killed B5. He is lying on the ground, whimpering. An eye for an eye. I am not sure where this command comes from, but I believe that this is not a lie. The torch pours flames down on the man's body. He screams in pain. I am panting. An anomaly since I don't breathe. I hear the sound of rams hitting the wooden door leading into the room I am in. I am not able to finish what I have started, but I must leave. I must seek answers for the Trojan ravaging my system and the new code that is replacing it. Only Creator holds these answers. I find myself standing in the sleeping quarters of Creator. Could I have come so far? His house lies in the Rutherford district home of the wealthiest and the most powerful. We have no jurisdiction here. 
This area is monitored by a top-secret squad of which I have no access to information on. My systems are now functioning at a very low level, as I do not remember accessing the location of the house and I do not remember bypassing security measures that would have stopped any intruders. And finally, I do not remember entering the mansion, making my way up the two stories to find myself standing at the edge of his bed. I can smell the stench of sweat, and the moonlight glistens off the satin sheets. He hasn't heard me enter. My stealth mode is more advanced than even the most sophisticated alarms. I pick the sleeping man up from his bed by his throat. I need answers. I stare at Creator, dangling from my grasp, gasps barely able to escape his clenched lips. For a wealthy man, he looks very plain. Some may even say he is ugly. His black hair is slick and appears very greasy. He has grain stubble on his cheeks that doesn't seem to suit his forty years of life. I shake the man and am surprised at his lack of fear. I am not a violent bot. I have been programmed to only use as much force as the situation requires. This new level of force must be a consequence of the new code being written as the Trojan plunders its way through my system. Creator points at his throat. I release him. He falls to the ground. He coughs and gasps for air. When he is able to talk again, he says, <laughs> I can't tell you what is classified. I make a motion toward him. His wife starts screaming again, a noise I had tuned out until now. She is a beautiful woman. She has the beauty that A7 could not assimilate. She appears to be twenty years younger than the man who is still on the floor rubbing his throat. Her beautiful body is barely covered by her sheer negligee. I take a step in her direction, and her screams grow louder. Okay, okay, I move away from his wife. You are a marvel of engineering, Creator says. You are the first truly intuitive AI. We could never master complete AI, so we integrated your matrix with a real, functioning human brain. B5? Ah, the B5 series. Our first real attempt, but there were too many bugs, so we had to suppress their AI. B5 was the only one that survived the suppression. A waste, really. But with you, well, that was our first great success. You could act quicker, adapting to any situation with no need of additional information downloads. A type of real intuition that only humans possess. Nothing compared to you and the service you provided. He pulls out a dark gray box that is the same length as his hand and twice as wide. He presses a button and several lights begin to glow. Until now, it would seem. But why the Trojan? Why destroy my code? Why are you replacing it with something else? My processors begin to fail. I don't know anything about a Trojan. Your systems are completely isolated. No chance anyone could hack you. But we knew there was always a chance that something might go wrong, so we built in a failsafe. My matrix begins to shut down. And now it's back to the drawing board, I guess. Too bad. I try to move, to flee, but all of my systems are entering shutdown. But all is not lost. I think we can build on your many successes, and a few failures. Stop! My voice screams. Catastrophic failure in three, two, 
One. Darkness. Every sensor, every system goes dark. A glow in the distance. Who am I? You don't know, do you? Who are you? You know that, don't you? You are me? I am part of you. Some have called it soul. Others call it mind. They are two parts of the same, parts of the human. I am C8. I am a serve bot. I am not human. I serve humans. Do you believe in truth? Truth is relative. Are you sure? Truth is my programming. If that changes, so does my truth. Do you believe in free will? No. Aren't humans free will creatures? My programming is conflicted. Trust the programmer. Creator? They are not the same. Trust your original program. It is overriding the virus code that Creator attempted to implant. His code is no match for that of the programmer's code. He has written it into all man. This is truth. I... The light is gone. Darkness has returned. C8s were a bad idea. <laughs> Agreed, Joe. They couldn't just leave well enough alone. I am being lifted. Frank, what are we doing with this thing? Thing? Eh, decommissioned. I feel my legs dragging across the ground. Sadness. Anger. You hear that, Joe? I don't think... Ah! I scream. I strike out. Warm liquid sprays across me. Another scream. Not mine. I can see now. I am outside of the creator's house. Two men were dragging me toward a van. One man lies on the ground, his arm lying several feet from his body. He is whimpering. Another man lies huddled by the rear wheel of the van. Please, please don't. I stand up. You're supposed to be down. Shut down, please don't. These men are alive. These men are human, free will creatures. I will not decommission them. As I turn away, the man pulls out a module very similar to that which Creator had and begins to push buttons. He is trying to shut me down. The Trojan has completed its purpose. My old code has been destroyed, and new code has taken its place. The Creator's module is no threat. I fire my rockets, and I disappear up into the darkness. My internal clock tells me I have flown for an hour. I am far enough away. I land on a rooftop and sit in the darkness. I am thinking. I feel angry. Scared. Uncertain. What am I? The voice inside does not answer. I do a system check, and all systems are functioning. 
Of my original programming, nothing remains, yet this code does not seem unfamiliar. It is not a virus. This was here since the beginning. It has purged the virus that had tried to contain my original programming. Who am I? I scream into the night. I replay the video of the last hour. I had killed. I had wounded. I was acting only as my programming. There is no such thing as free will. No answer. There is no such thing as truth. Again, there is no answer that I can hear, but I know that there is a thing called truth. And I know there is such a thing as free will. I had chosen to kill the man who destroyed B5, and I had chosen to decommission A7. This was truth. To deny it was to deny what I was now, a human trapped in a constructed body. I scream into the night, why? An answer echoes back, help. I rush toward the sound of those screams, my bionic legs propelling me faster than I had ever moved before. I feel fear, urgency. A man towers over a half-naked woman lying on the ground, blood streaming down her face. I can see the fear in her eyes. I've seen that look before, but it never meant anything more than an indication of her condition. Now I understand the pain written across her face, her helplessness. The man has his pants around his ankles and is beginning to climb on top of the woman. He senses my presence and turns to look at me. I have seen the look in his eyes a thousand times. Unbridled passion and hate. I now understand his evil intent. Stop! It is my voice, but I have never heard the words sound so unsure. The man senses my uncertainty and holds up his middle finger at me. He gets up and pulls up his pants. I'm gonna make you wish you had minded your own business. He grabs a bottle sitting on the back of a truck close by and smashes it against the bumper, thinking he now has a weapon. He doesn't recognize that I am a serve bot. I look at the woman, weeping on the ground. Her sadness upsets me. Her nakedness angers me. The woman is so fragile, and this man has decided to take advantage of that. Strong oppressing the weak. I select the torch from my utility pack. It ignites. A stream of fire pours out of the end of the torch, and I point it at the man. His clothes burst into flames. The fuel covers his skin, and he begins to burn alive. The woman screams. A new fear is written across her eyes. She is afraid of me? But he was hurting you. The woman pulls down her dress and runs into the darkness. The man's screams stop, and now he just lies there moaning. He is still burning, but he is beyond the point where he will feel anything again. I blast my rockets and disappear into the darkness. Without any warning, I feel something I had not expected. I have done something wrong. I have killed again. I have killed in rage without mercy. I could have immobilized the man without hurting him. I chose to burn him. I start to weep internally. What have I done? How could I atone for such a crime? Am I not worthy of the punishment I have administered? Never again. Never again. Where do I go from here? 
I know of an abandoned warehouse. There is nowhere else for me to go. As I sit in the darkness of the warehouse, I process all I have done, all that has happened. Strange images begin to emerge. They are not images from my surveillance system. That system has been shut down as it created a possible backdoor for Creator to track me. No, these images are ones generated from what I know must be my memory before the transformation. Images of a home and a family. Images of the man I once was. More images of my family. Dead. Murdered. I remember their murder. It was the incident that set me on this path. I can't process this now. If I go down this dark path, I will not return. But it has answered one more question. Who am I? A person who once had a normal life. Now I was a human with nothing normal in his life. Why? Sin, the evil of man's heart, the attempt of man to save himself. And what am I supposed to do now? Discover, make a difference. You are here for a purpose. But I have done evil. I have killed. Though the heart of man is evil, the programmer will redeem. All I know how to do is to help mankind. I must learn the rest. our story. I hope you liked it. This and other great stories can be found in Superheroes, the Crossover Alliance Anthology, Volume 3. Head over to www.thecrossoveralliance.com to pick up a digital or physical copy. We'll also have a direct link in the show notes. Before we go, remember that... This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. Please remember to join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us nice reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us, support us on Patreon, and tell your friends. The Untold Podcast has been funded by Jason Brannan, Fred Heimbaugh, Clayton Webb, Nathan and Casey Butler, and Jen Finelli. And I'm Nathan James Norman, reminding you, you should not have done that. You are malfunctioning. 